0: this is episode number 126 of the classic gaming podcast today's date is april 16th 2019 i'm robert ring and with me is jacob tottero
1: wow another janium hello yeah what's up with you what's going on i don't know Uh,
0: i don't know either let's Hmm. talk about diablo for a second how dare you our game of the quarter is going to be diablo However, uh, we were not able to, we tried getting multiplayer working and could not. We got, we could get close, but we couldn't get the final, the final little push. So, um, we're not going to do the, uh, potential multiplayer thing that we were hoping to do with the, with, uh, listeners, but we are going to still do Diablo one for the game of the quarter.
1: Yes. And so we'll be playing it, uh, more or less, you know, online separately and just kind of talking our way through and you guys are more than welcome to join us. I think it'll be a good one.
0: Yeah, so y'all play it too if you want to, and we will talk about that one in June. Yep. Anything else exciting with you right now, or uh do we just jump right into news from here? No, I don't think there's anything crazy. How about you? What's new? Anything? I was trying to think about that also, and uh nope. I got nothing. Uh let's talk about video game news. Oh yeah. Alright, uh you said you had something. Oh yeah, i was just gonna update so
1: our, our excuse me our podcast update on classic Wow, so blizzards continued their their train of just giving us blue post after blue post, and they're very dedicated to what they're doing. I don't know what's going on with their new community manager, but he the guy's all about it he's they did like two blue posts last week, they did one minor one this week, everybody was going crazy on reddit today just or on the subreddit just waiting for them to drop something today. um Unfortunately, they didn't say anything, but uh, uh I,
0: boo. I'll be honest
1: with you. I'm expecting a release date here probably in the next two weeks. So I don't really care what happens. They've already, they made another post correcting some of the issues that people are having with the client and some of the, what's the word? Some of the, the core issues with it and Blizzard is addressing it correctly. So I I don't know what's going on, uh, but I'm not going to question it. I'm just going to say great job, blizzard. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm very excited to see the project.
0: Yeah, this is, um, I mean, they're like consistently doing good on this weird it is weird right normally it's like one step forward two steps back type situation yeah or they don't say anything for
1: a long time and they finally say something they shoot themselves in the foot by over promising something or telling everybody that they're going to do the exact opposite of what the community wants yeah i don't oh. know what's going on but i love it and i'm not gonna i'm on, I'm on the hype train i got my conductor hat on
0: <laughs> nice i i, I, I really wish you had a real conductor hat cuz just knowing that you're wearing it would be awesome. <laughs> How do you know I don't? <laughs> Good point. Uh, as you also brought up right before we started recording, today yes. was Reggie fils last day at Nintendo.
1: Yeah, that's going to be crazy, man. I If you're left a job after a couple of years and like you're kind of sad, you're like, man, I hated working here, but I am pretty sad to leave the people, you know, kind of the the re- what you're doing every single day like the, the pattern but think about something where you love your job and you've been working there for what how long has you been working there like five uh, or six years
0: now no 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 i think it's like i think it's about 11. oh
1: really yeah i'm googling sorry oh yeah you're right 13 years jesus 13 well i don't know it's been that long but i guess that makes sense i see i, I always i have this time lapse around the weed to the wii u time because I didn't really buy a lot of consoles during that time, so I don't really like know the... Man, that's crazy. 13 years. Or well, even worse. I mean, not worse, <laughs> but... I mean, you know what I mean? How crazy it must be to leave a job like that?
0: Uh, yeah. Probably crazy.
1: Yeah. Anyways, good for him. Good luck with whatever he's working on next. I'm sure it'll be great.
0: Probably nothing. Crazy. I think he was just like... Retiring?
1: Oh no! Like, somebody like dude, somebody like him is not going to retire. Nothing, you know. Well, no,
0: are... okay, yeah, I, I'm sure he will do things, but yeah, but I bet it'll I be like.
1: To, I Bet he'll still be involved in the gaming community somehow.
0: I, see him I at events or
1: something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know. I was gonna say I could see him doing some sort of uh, consulting or something, sure. but even then, I bet it, w- it would almost certainly not be, uh, or it would almost certainly not be gaming related because. <laughs> Um, you can't really work for a video game company and then do, I would think there would be like a, like non-compete. Oh yeah, that's true. You know, keeping him from doing that. Uh, and he probably, and it would probably just be a weird situation anyways, you know, even if he was technically allowed to, it would probably be awkward, but I'm sure he's going to be doing something. Oh, for sure. Um, bu- 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 uh, one other thing today, it was confirmed that Sony is working on the PlayStation Five. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there was an article in in Wired that came out hmm. about it, and they released uh, quite a few details. Um, also, uh, it is it is going to be backwards compatible. Good. Uh, it didn't Once say, at it. least as far as I saw so i i didn't see how far backwards compatible
1: sure it doesn't have to be crazy you know what i mean
0: right but it is you know at least ps4 backwards compatible it is going to have a disc drive it uh th- it, they do have games currently in development for it it's going to use a solid state drive Ooh, is that different than the last generation Yeah, yeah, apparently both the PS4 and the Xbox One still use a hard drive.
1: Wow, that's insane. Think about the last time you used a hard drive as your primary memory. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously.
0: And supposedly it's, uh, I mean, all solid-state drives are fast, as you know, but supposedly it's even for solid-state drives, it's a pretty fast one. Wow. um, Now, obviously the demo they showed, you know, of course they tailored it to To be as good, you know, as it could be. Of course. So, but they said that they uh, demonstrated, I believe it was uh, the Spider-Man game on it. And they showed it loading on a PS4 Pro. And like this one sequence, it takes like 15 seconds to load into the next screen. And on this, on the solid state drive, it took 0.8 seconds.
1: Oh.
0: It's going to have ray tracing. That's nuts. What is that? It is, uh, basically it simulates, uh, individual light waves, uh, oh. so that it just makes everything look a hundred times more realistic. Whoa. The, it's been, you know, obviously that takes a ton of calculation. So it's been prohibitively expensive, uh, operationally to do not, not like with money, but I mean like just, just mm-hmm. for the processor to do. Uh, but apparently it's, it, this is going to, you know, I guess they have it fast enough now to where it's going to be able to handle ray tracing. Like look up, uh, I, I saw this the other day. Somebody put ray tracing in Minecraft Um, and they, uh, it's like pre-rendered and all, but if you just do Minecraft ray oh, tracing, okay. then that gives you a, uh, an idea of how amazing I see.
1: Okay. Wow. That actually adds a disgusting amount of realism to yeah. video games. Yeah. That is something that I never knew was missing. Wow. You, you, like, artificial I know, light right? Done, but damn, that is so crazy. Yeah. How do I describe this? Like, it, it's basically natural light. I mean, it, it's real. Yeah. Natural looking light.
0: That's that's exactly right. Yeah. That's, I think that's the best way to describe it.
1: Wow. That is freaky. It makes Minecraft look good.
0: Yeah. It look. makes Minecraft look stunningly good. That's crazy. Um, so... Yeah, so it's going to have uh, ray tracing capability. Uh, It's going to have 8K resolution or support 8K resolution. It is going to have PS... Huh? I was just commenting. It's insane. Yeah, so that's PSVR compatibility, uh, 3D audio. And it's not going to be out this year.
1: That doesn't surprise me. Me either. So, a couple things. So, you you made a comment about VR. So, I would I'm going to make an ex, uh, assumption here. I think within the next one or two console cycles, it's going to be purely focused on VR. I think VR is going to be huge here in like the next ten or fifteen years. So, I'm very curious if this system. I know you said it has the VR capabilities for PlayStation, but I wonder to what extent the fact that they're putting this much hardware in a console makes me think they are trying to get ready for something because that's a lot of power to put into a console.
0: I don't know if I think that VR is going to be a big thing.
1: Really? Oh no, it's definitely going to be a big thing.
0: But I, I think heard VR that the next- two or three years ago that that this generation of VR was going to be a big thing, and that didn't happen.
1: Right? Because that was because of cost. And here's the thing, though: I'm not saying this next generation. That. The cost is pretty high. I mean, to get like the full setup, it's it's a it's about the price of a console.
0: Okay, yeah, you're right.
1: And you have to have a computer. That-
0: but also, it's it's especially with consoles, I think a big barrier is having to pull out the headset and shit any time you want to play, as opposed yeah. to grab a controller and sit on the couch. So so I want
1: to say this I was not implying that I think this next iteration of VR is going to be the next big thing. I'm saying in the next couple cycles like I I at some point VR is going to be a, the thing, right? It's it has to be. For, not for nece- gaming. Not necessarily. Really? You th- you think
0: because I, I think an analogy would be 3D with on movies. Why didn't that become
1: Cuz it's not good. Okay. It's not good. But, I mean, if it got good, do you think it would be a huge thing? Probably. Have you Have you played with some of the new VR stuff? Yeah. It's freaky. It's really freaky how, good, how good it is for right It is now. good.
0: Yes, it is very good. But I don't see myself ever being like, oh, I play 90% VR nowadays.
1: So, what I think is going to happen is somebody... Is going to design an MMO or some sort of second life type module in VR and it's going to become a problem. (laughs) Like, people are going to fucking go nuts. I'm serious. Like, I I really do think that that could easily just become.
0: It's going to be flashbacks to EverQuest addiction. And I mean, I guess guess World of Warcraft was was just as. Oh, yeah. Just did that just as much.
1: Yeah, that that makes me wonder. I mean, that's a lot of power to put into a console.
0: You know, they, they were, there are were stories about people playing, um, EverQuest was always the ones I heard about, playing mm. for, like, 30 hours straight, and then hallucinating that the bad guys in the game were actually chasing them in real life. Yeah. Imagine if that person was wearing a VR, VR. headset. Oh,
1: yeah. That'd be insane.
0: <laughs> their body would just shut down.
1: <laughs> You're like, no, seriously, their body would shut down. <laughs> yeah, it's really
0: no, bad. No, they're dead. Um... Yeah,
1: I know mean, I've, I've spent countless hours playing WoW, so I can't really comment here. But yeah, it's uh it's very interesting.
0: Uh yeah. So those are uh that's what we know about the PS5 now.
1: Price point's probably gonna be a couple couple C notes higher, I would think, than the last one.
0: I have no idea. Could be. It sounds but, like it, but Yeah, I I would think maybe. At least at, at the start. Remember how much, wasn't PS3 like $800 when it came out or something insane at like six or $800 or
1: vaguely see that. That's the thing I didn't after the PlayStation two and GameCube, I didn't get another console until the Wii. And then after that, it was the switch. I, got, I have some pretty big timeline gaps. Okay. It
0: was the, the two models were 500 and 600. Okay. I could see it being like that. Yeah. I got the PS3, but I got it very late in the cycle. Uh, I could see it being 600. Yeah. That's interesting. So anyway, there's that. At least they're
1: not trying to do a, trying to compete with Nintendo with some sort of mobile device, you know?
0: Yeah, I think you're right. They've, I feel like they've kind of figured out what their things are. Uh PlayStation or Sony and Microsoft. They, they're like, okay, yeah, we got the home consoles down. Yeah. No need to change that up, and Nintendo's like, "Oh, we're gonna try different stuff like always," and that's that's like Nintendo's thing is just like doing something a little different. Yep. Uh, which and it, everything works out this way. Nobody fuck it up, please. <laughs> no more. We I'd use. I'd be so okay with
1: that.
0: All right, you ready to talk about what games we've been playing? Oh yeah, I forgot we're even doing the podcast. So let's <laughs> just talk. <laughs> just kidding.
1: Kind
0: of. All right. Who wants? To, who goes first? go first
1: um you go first i think i went first last time okay
0: i only have one this time but it is i don't know why i said but and it is uh warcraft orcs and humans so this is warcraft one warcraft one orcs orcs and humans orcs versus humans it's orcs and humans okay is what it's cool Uh, this is, of course, a real-time strategy game. It is the first Warcraft game, also, of course. And it came out... Oof. ...in 1994. Wow! The uh, The graphics in this game are surprisingly good for a 1994 game. Hey, look at this. Like, I didn't have any pain looking it's at fun. the graphics or anything. It looks very, very passable. Uh, especially considering like how bad it is playing the original StarCraft nowadays, which oh, yeah. came out five years later. This game looks much better than StarCraft 1.
1: It actually looks better than a couple of RTSs that I play from this time.
0: That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, it looks really good. I was impressed by that. It is fairly basic as far as real-time strategy games go but it does still have the uh thing where you have two different types of resources that you have together you know wood and gold
1: gold and lumber yes it
0: and um so that is that's that's cool that they i I feel like uh i I don't know of any other game at this time that that had more than just one thing you know basically money that you had to mine
1: that was an rts yeah i'm trying to think myself
0: yeah yeah So just like any basic RTS, what you're doing is building up an army. You start with a base and some workers and typically one soldier, or if you're doing the campaign, maybe two or three or four soldiers and uh, you're getting started building up your base. You tell your guy to start getting gold or lumber, whichever one you feel like you need the most. You have just enough money to start building one more unit. Typically the idea is to go ahead and build another worker and throughout any given mission or skirmish, you're building up uh, more and more workers so they can get you more and more money uh, in this case more and more gold and lumber and uh, so that you can build more buildings that produce more units. So you have barracks which produces like your basic uh, in fact in this game they produce almost all of your units. then you can build other buildings that allow you to upgrade your units or give you access to uh, to other units that you weren't able to build yet. And uh of course, produce more workers. and then Park also supplies. they do have supply, just like in any other uh, uh blizzard strategy game where you have to for in, in this in this game, it's farms. so in order to support you know uh ten units, you might have to I think each farm supports five units and you start off with one farm so, if you want to get more than five, then you have to build another farm. That'll support up to 10. Then if you want, if you get there and you get capped at 10, you need more, then you build another farm. Just like, again, just like any other Blizzard strategy game, if, if you're familiar with those. Um, This game does, this game impresses me for the time. However, there are a bunch of things that are really going to bother anybody Well, probably everybody, probably anybody period, but especially people who are, who are familiar with the RTS genre and are, and I've played quite a few of those. So it plays well, it plays just fine for this. There's, there's nothing crazy about it, but it's just you versus the other guy, you know, you versus the computer pretty much. And you're both building up your bases, building up your armies, trying to uh, destroy the other one before they destroy you. Uh, that's, that's pretty much all there is to it. And it does that well. I did never feel like I was bored playing this game. I always felt like there was a threat of them coming after me. So I had to balance, you know, my production of workers with my production of army units and all that. And, uh, the game works fine, but there are so many, so many little quality of life things that, um, this game lacks just because it was so early in the rts genre that's that have become absolute standard like so far standard that we take them for granted type things this game doesn't have here's probably the biggest one you ready for this
1: absolutely there's i love no, this topic
0: <laughs> there's no right clicking whoa i don't whoa every single action you have to press a key or or click on the little action button to make them do even just moving them even just to make a unit walk somewhere whoa um so you know how like you have you know uh, you know in StarCraft you ha- or in you know in, in all of the games you have a move you have attack yeah. move well that's you press a and left click usually uh so you don't like right click and they don't like just walk past bad guys imagine yeah. having to do a left click or M left click for every single action in the game for harvesting gold or harvesting wood or walking somewhere. You know, if, if they want a gold, then H click on the gold mine. If you want them to Humber uh, harvest lumber, H click on the lumber. If you want them to just move M click somewhere. If you want to attack, move a click somewhere. If you want to build something, click on them. And I guess that's pretty much the same. You got to click the, you got to hit the buttons for whatever building you got to get, but you cannot pick somebody and right click to tell them to go somewhere.
1: That's interesting. I, no, I guess I didn't realize I was taking that for granted. You know.
0: Yeah, it is very annoying having to press the key for every single command in the game. Um, right click literally doesn't. It just doesn't do anything. You might as well not have a right mouse button. Um, that is bizarre. Also, um, edge scrolling is very <clears throat> is is pretty weird. You can't just uh. Move your cursor to the edges of the screen. You have to move it to the edge, and then it turns into an arrow, and then you have to hold down left click for it to uh, for 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 to actually scroll. And that's really weird, especially if you have uh, guys selected, because you feel like you're going to unselect them. You know, you feel like you're going to deselect them by left clicking them, and it doesn't. So that's good, but it just feels weird. Um, you know, being used to just having to put your cursor on the edge and then scroll that's Um, interesting Uh, the
1: side uh, sorry edge scrolling technology was not very good in the 90s so the second he said that i was like yeah that doesn't surprise me at all there were there were a couple a couple games i played where the edge scrolling is just so
0: bad oh really i hadn't encountered that before um all right here's another one you you can select um you can you can select multiple characters Okay, so but so you know how in uh in Starcraft one, you can only select a maximum yeah, of like, it's like eight or twelve yeah, or something yeah. like that, right? Sure, you can select four at a time in this game. Odd. Uh, so if you, um, so, well, I'll, I'll elaborate on that in a second. First off, that's not that bad because your armies in this game are typically fairly small. You definitely don't get anything like you're used to in Warcraft yeah. 3 or anything like that. The, you might attack a base with six guys and do pretty well. Uh, so that's not a big deal that you can only select like four guys. However, there's also... you can To draw a box around characters, you have to hold control and left-click. You cannot just left-click and draw a box. So if wow. you have... So if you have more than four guys and you're trying to move them all at once, then it's control, left-click, drag, let go, M-click or A-click, wherever you want them to move. Then hold control again, draw a box around the other guys that that didn't get selected the first time, then M or A-left-click to wherever you want them to go. As opposed to just what drawing a box and right-clicking. That's so bizarre. <laughs> It really is that 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 was one of this um the right clicking thing and then and holding having to hold control to draw a box mm-hmm. were two of the things that bothered me the most. Additionally, all right, so you have your workers, right? Yeah, workers cannot attack in any way whatsoever. Oh. In in for anybody who's not familiar with Blizzard RTS games or RTS games in general, usually uh, the workers can attack, but they're just very weak. In this game, they have no attack capabilities whatsoever. So, if you if you draw a box and happen to have a worker selected in that box, and you try attack moving somewhere, they don't do anything. None of them do anything. So, you have to be very careful when you're drawing a box not to select your workers. And then, again, you have to control, do it, then... You know M or A. Then left click wherever you want them to go. Then draw another box around everybody who. That you missed sounds the first brutal, time. man. <laughs> All of these things add up pretty quickly. Um. Oh oh, so you start off your um. You start off the game, and you know, of course, you got your base there. You have like one basic building and and like a farm, and a worker or sometimes two workers actually in skirmishes one thing that is pretty cool is you can you can set what what units you start off with and how many of them so you can be like all right i want both teams to start off with you know that's interesting a whole army and you know a couple workers or like one worker and one army guy or you know you can do however you want so yeah i thought that was pretty cool um but uh was i going with this what was i saying what was i talking about Wait, wait
1: wait so what is the thought behind that do you think that's interesting Sorry to trail off. I think it's really just
0: uh, like, oh, how, how how do you want to do skirmish? Do it however you want. If you want to start off with an army, why not? Yeah, why not? but
1: why? in fact, like, I
0: what? was in fact my quit. Right, my question would be this: my I will I will answer that with another question, which is why take that away in subsequent games? Yeah, right. Because that was my first thought. I was like, why don't I was like, you this must have is found cool. Why pointless. didn't yeah? Why didn't they ever? Why didn't they do this anymore after this? I think it's a good idea. Um, you know, obviously, in tournaments and in competitive play and ladder play, you would probably keep it pretty much how it is now. But I think it's a pretty cool option to have. Um, oh, but oh, oh! I remember what I was saying. So you start off, and you have your workers or whatever. You have to scout just to find the gold mine for your base.
1: Oh, it's not. It's not in a same position every time.
0: Uh, well, I believe it is in the same position, but it's not in your field of view. So if you're not familiar, it's, it's very close by always, they start you off basically right next to it, but sometimes it would take me like a minute to find it because keep in mind to scout, you're scrolling around the screen, clicking on one individual person because it's hard to draw boxes, then M clicking somewhere for him to go, then finding the next, you know, doing the awkward scroll thing, then finding the next guy. So it's, it's harder than it sounds just to get a few guys scouting around your base, you know? and uh and it's always very close, but I don't believe it was ever actually in my vision whenever I started a new uh a skirmish or even a even a um even a campaign mission so it's it's right there, but you have to find it and then so you're building up you know obviously typically what you wanna do is basically build workers nonstop uh especially off right off the bat so you can start bringing in more money uh however. The um the gold mine that's by your base usually runs out not super quick but but a lot faster than than you expect it to. They you last, mine it out, you mean? Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're mine, talking
1: about mining it out. Mining okay.
0: it out, yeah. It mines the the one that you start off next to mines out probably uh in about twenty percent of the time as it does in say like Starcraft 2. Okay. So you have enough just to get you going and you gotta find another one.
1: So, I I don't don't know if you know, Starcraft 2, they did expedite how quickly mine are made now.
0: Oh, really? Okay. Uh, This is very fast. And so, you have to start getting gold from another mine. So, you got to make sure that that you're looking for one in the meantime. (laughs) But, you cannot expand. There's no, you can't build the building that they bring money back to. You only get one. You only get the one that you start off with. So, that means that you have to build a shitload of new workers once you're ready to start going for the new mine. And there's just a long-ass line of workers going back and forth, you know, like a quarter of the way across the map, wherever the other gold mine you found happens to be. It's like an ant trail. What? (laughs) It seems like they learned
1: a ton from this game.
0: Yeah, I think they did too. Uh... And also, as you can pro- as you might, as you might expect, uh, the AI pathing is really bad.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, it was bad in Star- It was bad in Starcraft.
0: <laughs> they'll get caught in like little weird corners, or they'll try going in a straight line, even though it's obvious that you can't go in a straight line from here to there, and then kind of like hug trees or hug walls or whatever sure. until they get to where they're trying to go. But this is especially bad when it comes to having these these ant trails of miners because they're just walking right into each other. You know, you have the miners going to the mine and the ones coming back, carrying money, and they are constantly just walking directly into each other, stopping. And then like taking a second and then going around each other. It's constant.
1: That's so funny. There's some funny bugs you can do to the AI in StarCraft as well. That just makes me... I, I mean, what's crazy is, what, 20-some years later, AI is much better, obviously much better, but it is not good. It's not great. But the AI that, that people are working on right now for StarCraft is pretty terrifying. I don't know if you've watched the... the I told you before, the colleges that are competing or they're developing oh, AI yeah, yeah. StarCraft. They play Brood War only, and it's just... It's crazy to watch them.
0: I haven't watched any of that. I really, so really cool. need to. Though. We need to. Yeah, so cool. It does sound very interesting. Um, yeah, to, to be fair, um, pathfinding is kind of like a classic problem um, with yeah. with computer games and, and even outside of compu- even uh, even outside of video games. It's kind of like something that it's like when you think about the things that have to take place and how you do it. It is uh, it's actually very computationally expensive, uh, but here it's just especially bad. And the AI in general is is actually pretty bad too. A lot of the time, I'll have guys standing right next to a bad guy who's attacking our town or even attacking uh, or even like in a fight with one of my units. And there's guys standing directly next to them, not doing anything until I tell them to. Sometimes, even if I A-moved them there, they, they don't attack.
1: That's me in combat, by the way. I'd be like, nope, nope. <laughs> I'm not going to hit this guy because then he's going to hit me
0: back. So that's stupid.
1: I don't <laughs> it.
0: So I I would have guys scouting. I'd have like a small army to scout with, and I'm a moving them everywhere so that they do attack somebody if they come across it. But even then, usually what would happen is one guy will end up fighting if they come across a bad guy, and the other guys will just kind of like keep on going or stop and just stand right there, even if I did tell them to a move. That's so bad. So that's pretty bad. Um, oh, and and another weird thing. Uh, actually, I only got two more things. <laughs> one more, weird, one more kind of weird thing is so it has fog of war, of course, where you um can where you can't see stuff. You know, you can only see the part, sure. part of the map that that you've explored. However, you know, in RTS games nowadays, there's basically three levels of vision. You can there's stuff that you can see where you have units and you can see everything that's going on right there. There's stuff that you that's completely blacked out that you just haven't explored yet. And then there's in between where you've gone there and you've seen what's there. And so you can see, Oh, there's like trees here or something like that. But, uh, but you don't have any units there. So you can't see what's going on there right now. Right. Right. This only has one or the other. And so once, once you explore someplace, you can leave and you have permanent vision of that forever. What? (laughs) Yeah. So, as long as you've explored, you know, a good portion of the map, you can always see what's going on all over the map.
1: What? <laughs> I mean, I, I get it because they didn't know any better, so I didn't get it. But, right, yeah. right,
0: right. Yeah, that was it. That was my thought exactly. It would it would make more sense if it was just the complete opposite, where they yeah. just did it as if you had never yeah, been there. Absolutely. But that's how they did it, and uh, and then one other kind of. Oh, actually. I, I guess I'll mention. So there's two races, as you can probably tell by the title. There's orcs and there's humans. There's basically no difference between the two races as far as I could tell. Yeah, I didn't get too far into the campaign. I got about four levels in on the orcs and like two levels in on the humans, which is basically nothing. The first the first mission for both of them is just build six farms. Yeah. Uh, so teach you how to play. Yeah, but I did I did. Do a few, a couple of skirmishes, and as far as I can tell, the, the two races are actually the same. It's just that the units look different. So, you that know, they the humans have a knight, the orcs have a like I think he's called a I think it's called a grunt, and then the yeah, humans yeah. have an archer, and the orcs have a spearman. The humans have uh, knights that ride on. They have you can later get a horse. Like a like a horse unit, a knight riding a horse. The the orcs have a an orc riding like <laughs> a wolf, and that's and they're like each side has its version of a wizard. The wizards probably do have um, different abilities because I, I didn't, I never used a wizard as a, as the humans, but the now that I say that the orcs have a uh, their wizard character can raise uh, like dead can raise some of their body, like can raise bodies from the dead and give you a skeleton unit. And I bet that the humans don't have that. Cause it's, cause it's treated as like a necromancer. And, and I would expect that like, since the humans are the good guys, typically good guys don't have necromancers. So maybe there is some I difference there. That, yeah. yeah. So maybe there is a little bit of difference there, but essentially it's, you're, they're, they're 99% alike, which is very different from how blizzard games are. How they became eventually. I don't know about Warcraft Two because I never played that. But StarCraft One, StarCraft Two, II, Warcraft Three. The big thing about those games were all the races are significantly different from one another.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. They uh, added more races, made them more unique.
0: One one funny thing was the catapult, which uh, was on the Orc side. I'm sure the humans have their version of it as well. But the but the Orcs have a catapult. The catapult one shots people. <laughs> But not not only that, it does one shot AOE damage and friendly damage. (laughs) So the first time I had one out, I just kind of like took it out with my army and I was attacking like, I don't know, it was like a small little battle. It was like two versus four. And I launched one thing and it killed all of my own guys. Well done, Robert. Yeah, thanks. I won anyways, so it was all worth it. (laughs) But uh, there's Warcraft orcs and humans. It was very interesting. Uh, it was a, uh, it was. I would say it was borderline enlightening because it kind of shows you so many things that we take for granted nowadays, especially right-clicking and box drawing without having to hold control and being able to select more than four characters. Uh, I, I, I didn't dislike it. I actually kind of had fun playing it, but it really did feel like a chore having to do all these. Like, having to just do all this extra work to make basic things happen, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. It, it's got to be cool to see. Obviously, you've played Warcraft, so you know what it ultimately turned into. But yeah, it's very interesting just to kind of look back and go, wow, this is where it came from. Like, look at this. Like, look how much stuff. Like, you give them credit for all this, the minor things, but some of the, the innovative things that they did just over time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm all about it. Same. Good choice. All right, Jay. Let's hear from you
1: um so for this episode of the podcast I actually don't have a new game but i wanted to continue discussing uh, my playthrough of final fantasy 7 for the nintendo switch um so as I, talked, I went pretty far in depth as to where i was last time and about my overall exp- my overall feelings of the game um just to kind of add to that a little bit so i've progressed quite a bit further i'm just about done with the first disc which i think is like probably somewhere like 20 to 25 hours into the game and Still having a blast with it. I forget a couple a couple in game mechanics that they added to it. So I think I talked about before you can you can turn on speed so the game goes faster. So if you're doing something boring like a cutscene you've already seen, or not a cutscene, sorry, like dialogue you've already seen, you can't do it during cutscenes. Uh, but if there's any dialogue or if there's a s- specific thing going on on screen, like the mini game you have to do in Gold Saucer, um, you can fast forward through those, which is kind of nice. There's a setting you can do to turn off combat. So if you, for whatever reason, want to turn off combat because you're either want to die or if you just don't want to fight really weak mobs when you're going through a cave or something you can turn that off um so i found both those i haven't used the the combat one too much i used like one twice for some i had a, there was a bug that i was having and i was trying to figure it out and then the fast forward one i've used quite a bit and both of which are pretty dang nice it's a nice little addition to the game uh makes it just even that much more uh, accessible i guess kind of the best way to put it hmm. um and one thing i love about this game is very excuse me the fact that it's on the switch is being able to save any time because in Final Fantasy VII, you can only save when you're out in the open world or if you get to a save point, a save crystal. And there, a lot of times you'll, you'll be out in the world, no big deal. And a lot of times there's save points, no big deal. But then there's other times where if you need to stop playing for whatever reason, you need to leave, go to work, you know, do whatever you need to do. Um, it's kind of annoying at times because there might be some pretty large gaps where you won't have a save point. There's a lot of dialogue, maybe right. a mini boss or just like a dungeon. And it can be pretty tedious. But with playing on a Switch, it's like, oh, let me just power it down. And then next time I boot it back up, guess what? I'm right where I was before. And I really appreciate that because JRPGs, you know, they're generally very long and there are some droughts where you, you have to play continuously. Otherwise you'll lose any progress you've made. So really appreciate that about that. And now back to the game. So, I am still very much so enjoying the game. Um, I have gone through some of the side quests. I got Vincent. I have Yuffie. So I did Wu-Tai, which was very fun. Um, I enjoyed that very much. The party I'm using for my main party is Yuffie, Vincent, and Cloud. Because uh, you are forced to use Cloud. And then right now I have to use Eris because I'm very close to the end of the first disc. So I'm using Cloud, Eris, and Vincent. And I'm uh, my, oh my God, I forgot how Broken, Vincent is no, not really? only from. Yeah, he's a range character that does a ton of damage. <laughs> his his limit break is so disgusting. So his limit break, he has he only has four uh four total limit breaks, and each rank he gets a, a demon that he transforms into, and you lose control of him. But he does these really powerful attacks. Sometimes they can cause instant death. Sometimes they're they're elemental based. Um, other times they do massive AoEs. And the one I have right now is level three, which is Death Gigas. And it's this, it's this Frankenstein's monster-esque lightning damage dealing summon demon thing. It's freaking terrifying. And it does so much damage. And what I do to him is I haste him, I buff him as he's <laughs> in this form, and his attacks have a chance to poison. So and Damn. and his health doubles. His health doubles. <laughs> so it's he's just unstoppable. So uh, I will say, Vince, Vincent, I forgot how broken he is. Um, Eris is so weak because I haven't used her, so there's a little bit of a balance there. But God, Vincent's so strong. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about, I, I touched on this briefly last time, but I wanted to talk about a little more, was the the, the equipment system. So one of the things that I, I've been doing this playthrough that I noticed is uh, I'm not using any summons. And there's a couple reasons for this. So when, you're, when, you're, when you have a character, each character equips a weapon, they equip armor, uh, which gives them... So both the weapon and the armor give them materia slots, which allows you to fill them up with materia, which gives you spells, right? Uh, But these different types of weapons and armor have different allotments. So one could allow you to equip four materia. Sometimes it might allow you to equip eight materia. Sometimes it'll give you connected slots. So two of the slots will be connected so they can interact with each other. Hmm. So as you're progressing through the game, you get access to better armor, which gives you further materia slots. And so you'll get these linked ones where you can do things like a spell and then a a support material, which is like an all. So if you do restore, aka cure, and then all, then you heal your whole party. If you do something like lightning or poison, it does poison or lightning all right. General idea. But so there's different colors of material. There's green material, which is kind of like the main material. It's your meat. It's your potatoes. It's the the restore slash heal. It's the poison. It's the haste. It's barrier. It's all these different things. But then you have yellow materia, which is command materia, I believe. Uh, It is interesting things like manipulate the enemy, steal from the enemy, death blow, which is essentially a critical hit. Uh, There's throw, where you can throw items or gold at mobs. Uh, there's enemy skill, which is what I talked about last time being my favorite material in the game because you're basically acquiring the mob's abilities and then using it back at them. It's it's one of the mo- most popular, I think it's one of the more popular concepts across Final Fantasy in general, but in this game in particular, it's just, it's the spells you get at the right time are just so powerful. Uh, beyond the yellow material, you get purple material, which I don't know what it's called, but it's very support-esque. It's like HP+, plus MP+, Chocobo Lure, which allows you to catch Chocobos, a long range material which makes your characters who are not long range, such as cloud, be able to hit ranged or excuse me, flying mobs or mobs from the back line if they're if they're further back. Um, so that's purple material. And then you have um so the the true support material, which is blue material, which affects other spells. And this is what I was talking about. So if you have uh, poison in a linked slot on your weapon and then you add added effect, which is a blue materia, your sword would then deal poison damage. I talked about this a little bit last time. And if you put that in your armor, in your armor slots, then you'd, you'd be immune to poison. And there's all these different combinations you can do, which is really cool. Uh, but then the red materia, I didn't talk about it very much last time, which is the summons. And the summons are generally very powerful. So they, uh, when you equip red materia, you lose damage and you lose uh, total health on your characters. So if you overload them with materia, especially red and green, because those are the two ones that reduce your health the most, um, your characters will be relatively weak. They'll have low max health and they won't do a whole lot of damage. Uh, So generally, I I used to always include summons, and I never understood why, because at the time I was like, well, if I level them up, it'll be great. And it's like, yeah, but what does it matter if you level up summons in this game? And I realized it's one of the most disappointing things about this game to me is the fact that when you level up summons in this, they don't get more powerful and they don't change at all. They just allow you to cast it in additional time during the fight. So a level 1 Shiva material allows you to cast it once during the combat. But if you level it to level 2, it doesn't get any more powerful. It just allows you to cast Shiva a second time in a single instance of a fight. Was that
0: alone pretty powerful, though?
1: It's powerful. It's very mana-intensive. It reduces your character's overall max HP and strength. I'm not saying that they're not worth it. It's just kind of right. disappointing. I was I yeah. was expecting, you know, with how great this game was and how in-depth they went with a lot of different aspects of it, I would have loved it if they would have done different ranks to make it more impactful, kind of like Chocobo's Dungeon. Chocobo's Dungeon, as your spells level up, they become more impactful, right? And same with most of the general general elemental spells, even like Meteor and, and Poison in this game get bigger and better, but the summons just gain a, an additional charge in a, con, in a in a way. So... The reason I bring this up, so I'm not using summons at all this time, and the, I realize that generally speaking, when I do play through this game, I don't even need them. Like you really don't need them. There's a couple instances where some of them are pretty nice, but generally speaking, it's they're kind of null and void. They're cool. If you've never played Final Fantasy VII, I would definitely suggest using them throughout the game because mm-hmm. they're they're very very cool. And some of the cinematics are quite long, and it's kind of cool to see. Uh, but overall, it's just kind of like, oh, it's interesting. So I I'm not using a whole lot of red materia, and then on my characters that are purely focused on dealing damage. Uh, obviously, I'm using less material, so they do more overall damage. And uh, so far, I've had very little trouble with bosses. I've I got low to one boss because I screwed up. I did something stupid. I forgot that the boss uh, he is he's immune to fire damage, and I forgot. And I was like blowing him <laughs> up, and I'm like, why is this kind of dying? And then I forgot that he's immune to fire damage, even though it says like when you hit him, it'll say zero or heal him. I just wasn't wasn't registering in that, registering that. excuse me. And then the other boss, obviously a lot of people died to Materia Keeper. Um, anybody who played this game as a kid knows that boss is terrifying. I don't remember that. He does an enemy skill called Trine. It's this massive lightning-based AoE. And my God, if you are not ready for it during the fight, he can just devastate your your party with it. Um, but if oh. you go in with the right equipment and the right amount of health, it's it's just like kind of cakewalk. Um, but yeah, I'm still really enjoying it. I'm going to slow down the pacing a little bit. Uh, on the game so I'm probably gonna switch and play something else as well. But I'm really enjoying this. I love the fact that it's on the Switch. I love the portability of it. The soundtrack's amazing. They, you know they obviously didn't make any changes to the to the game that I've seen so far, so that's great. Um, all in all it's still just a very, very enjoyable experience. Again, 16 bucks on the Switch store. If you're craving playing Final Fantasy 7, especially since we still don't know when the, the remake's going to be um you're right.
0: <laughs> Maybe this is the remake. It's,
1: it's for PlayStation 5 boys. <laughs>
0: it's almost gonna need to be
1: <laughs> yeah right god that'd be so crazy
0: oh my gosh
1: but yeah this is a very fun game I, it, it i it's funny when i don't play a game for a while that i respect like you know there's those games you automatically in your mind is like this game's great and then after a couple of years you're like is it really that great and then sometimes you go back and be like yeah that's that's i was damn right that is a great game this is one of those games this is one of those games that every time i go back and play it i forget how clever some of the dialogue is i forget how amazing the soundtrack is how engaging the combat system can be, especially when you turn up the speed, how the material system's fun, um, how getting enemy skills is fun. There's just so many different aspects to it. And that's just scratching the surface of this game. What's crazy about this is the end game is where a lot of people have the, the fondest memories. It's grinding the Chocobos so that you can get the max level of materia so you can get all the hidden items so you get Knights of the Round so you can get the master materials. Like there's so much end game content that really is just grinding. But still, in, in a sense, it's crazy how much how much content they actually put into you know such an old game.
0: 1997, 22 years ago. That is crazy. That's yeah, so old. Yeah. All right. Any uh, questions? You, no. Bombs, concerns. You continue to sell Final Fantasy VII. It sounds yeah. They're
1: paying me. By the way, they told me
0: it's it's still. Uh, I think I've told you it was. I think it was about eight years ago when I played it for the first time, and uh, it's amazing. You enjoyed it, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. Yeah, I absolutely loved it and yeah. um yeah you're almost making me want to play it again if i didn't have so many other things to play i'd be like oh, okay that'll be my next one maybe
1: <laughs> you know, just be happy I've, i haven't been craving playing tactics quite yet i'm getting there oh, <laughs> i have to play it once a year i, I can't i'm sorry i haven't i have a problem like, i was about I to say to play it's, tactics it's that time 10, of the year now seven every year
0: <laughs> i think i i do plan to play chocobo's dungeon pretty soon That'd
1: be dope. I'm super. I would love to hear that you one. talk about that. Yeah. I hope so. I hope it's not too easy for you. I hope it's not too frustrating. I hope some of the mechanics don't irritate you too much. I found it really really to be such a fun game.
0: I wonder how much Well, I'll look it up later. I was just I'm wondering how much it is on eBay. Uh you haven't played the new Chocobo's dungeon, have you? No.
1: I saw was it Jeff was reaching was talking about that?
0: Uh someone asked. Oh, no, it was, it was uh, Chase, actually, Chase was asking us Chase, about it. Chase, excuse me. Yeah, um, yeah, I know. About. I have.
1: I want. I want to get his. I'm kind of curious what his thoughts of it are, are so far, and I'm really curious if it's similar to the style that I like, or if it's the something I, I don't like. I'm very nervous that they're going to screw it up, to be honest with you, but because it's like it's such a, it's it's such a it's a style that's not that popular anymore, right? And so, not not rogue the the, the turn based style of it. I have a feeling they may change it, but we'll see.
0: From what I've seen, it, it, it's pretty, uh, pretty true to that turn-based, uh... That's good. ...type of movement. Now you're making me want to play it. <laughs> All right, let's do top fives. Sound good to you? Whatever's clever. You. Yep, 100%. All right. Top five games that should be on the Sega Genesis Mini. And I just realized I came up with, like, ten and never organized them into my top five. So, uh give me what's, one fu- second.
1: what's funny is i think a lot of ours are going to be announced in the future
0: um uh probably yeah okay i've got i've actually got mine all good to go now um so these are top five games that need to be on the sega genesis mini Beside, excuse me besides the ones that have been announced which are which I are no if you need them. yeah go hey, ahead okay Go ahead. I was gonna say,
1: Altered Beast, uh, Castlevania: Bloodlines, Comics Zone, Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, Echo the Dolphin, Gunstar Heroes, Shining Force, Sonic the Hedgehog, Space Harrier Two, and Toe Jam and Earl. Okay. Oh, forgot to mention something by the way regarding Final Fantasy. I did not get to date Barrett. I tried. I failed.
0: Is that the? Um, is that something that happens where you have to dress up in a dress? Uh, No, so
1: later on, depending on your dialogue with Tifa and Barrett and Eris, you can not go on a date with Eris when you go to Gold Saucer. You can go on a date with Tifa. And if you do it just right, then you go on a date with Barrett. (laughs) He comes in your room and picks you up. It's hilarious.
0: I don't know if I do that. That's really funny. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. Number five. Jay, why don't you start us off on the games that have to be on the Sega Genesis Mini? Sure. You ready? Yeah. Lion King. Hear me oh,
1: out. No, come on. Hear me out. This game's trash, right? But this will truly show people how difficult some of these, these these games were. I feel like this is kind of a joke, but also at the same time, like I just want people to see, like, holy shit, this game's so bad. It's so frustrating. Just to <laughs> kind of give people an idea of how much difference, different it is today than what it was.
0: Um, You know what? It, this isn't on my list, but if I were to do one like that, I think I would choose uh, Jurassic Park.
1: Dude, Jurassic Park is my number seven. (laughs) Okay. Seriously, I love that game. That game is so frustratingly bad.
0: Okay. All right, number five. I had to do one throwaway. Huh?
1: I had to do one throwaway.
0: Oh, gotcha. Okay. All right, my number five is also kind of a throwaway, not because, well, it's not bad or great, but I think it would just be really fun to have it on here. Uh, however, I I don't I really don't think there's a chance that they'll put it on there. That is Michael Jackson's Moonwalker.
1: Oh, yeah. a lot, I saw this on a lot of people's lists, oddly enough. Oh, did you? Yeah. A lot of people were like, I would love to see this game. Like, what?
0: So yeah. interesting. Uh, it would be, it's not a great game, but I think it would still be fun to... um to be to have on there I, I would like to i would really like to play it. it there are good things about it you get to turn into a robot at one point <laughs> okay um number four number four
1: nba jam uh i think this is okay. this is one of those games that would be super good to have on there i think it'd be nice for multiplayer i think all around it's a nice nice to have one sports like game and i guess i have one and a half but yeah i, I think i think nba jam would be a solid choice
0: do you disagree solid. okay
1: Okay. I figured Not, as much. But.
0: Yeah, I think so. All right, number four for me is Flashback. This game is so different from most other uh, Sega Genesis games. Of course, there is um, Another World, which is very similar, but Flashback is much better. Uh, just It's very different from other games, but still, uh, at least at the time, I haven't played in a long time, it, it was very good too. So uh, I feel like just because of its uniqueness, it has to be on there. Cool.
1: Kind of show people like, hey, look at this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my number three is uh Road Rash. So this is my one and a half.
0: Oh, I did. That's Road a good Rash. one. That's a good one. Uh,
1: so this was games that it's one of the most notable titles I think on the Sega Genesis. It's one of one that I remember fondly. Very creative game. Very very cool design for the limited space that they had for this. Just a cool game. Great sound effects, even though they're terrible, they're still fun. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that's um, a good one. I wish I had thought of that.
1: This is a. I think this is a must to be honest in my 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 opinion. But yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah i think so too even though I, f- I think playing it now i'd probably get bored of road rash super quick
1: oh yeah absolutely
0: <laughs> but yeah it was, My last I, playthrough,
1: was... I got bored pretty quick so
0: oh, okay but yeah i think it would i think it's got to be on there yeah. all right number uh three for me is golden axe cool this probably will be on there I, yeah, would be, I think so too. yeah i would be surprised and maybe even golden axe one and two mm-hmm. maybe on there but really, I would agree too. Yeah, but either way, it was such a classic beat 'em up game, and at the at the time, this was also one of my favorites. So that's that's why I would really wanted
1: it. solid solid choice. This is my number six. Yeah, I think okay. this is. Uh, I think this is the only reason it's number six is not because I didn't think it was as good. It was because exactly what you said. I think it's going to be on there. So gotcha. Uh, my number two. Yeah. You gotta go with NHL '94. There's my my third sport too. Why NHL did I not games.
0: think of that one? I don't know.
1: I saw this. I was like, wait, this has to be on my list. Scroll, scroll, scroll. What? This is this is another auto. Damn. Game. NHL '94. One of the best games <laughs> that you and I have talked about. Yeah, really long. it's so good. It's, it's so good.
0: Like probably the best Sega this game ever.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's up there with like Sonic in terms of quality. <laughs> it's Such a fun game.
0: Uh, okay, that's my number one. That's my new number one, then, in that case.
1: <laughs> Honestly, it should be my number one, but I, I had a different one.
0: Okay. Um, number two is Thunder Force 3. This is a shoot 'em up side-scrolling, kind of futuristic-type game. Um, just all I remember is that I really liked this game and that the graphics blew me away at the time. And that's one of those that just, like, looks really good. It just... Aside from the actual graphical f- fidelity, I feel like they did a really good job just having like lots of stuff going on at once on the screen and everything just just looking really cool. I, I really loved this game, so I would like to see it on their Thunder Force Three.
1: Cool. Um, my number one, surprisingly enough, not NHL '94 again. That'd be kind of a good choice, though. Uh, is I was Vector Man. I like Vector Man a lot. I my last playthrough, I really enjoyed it. Um, it is a very very fun game. Cool graphics it's you know it's got your basic elements but it's not it's not the best of its kind but it is very good especially for the sega genesis and i think it's one of the ones that, that people remember
0: gotcha i think that's a solid have you one played huh have you played back i Man? haven't i've heard you and and blake i believe talk yeah, I about say, it I remember playing how good Titan it was and it sounds 100 percent like it should be on there i still have not played it yeah yeah okay okay um, number number one for me is General Chaos. Mm-hmm. This was a really cool game. It was a uh, strategy game. It's like a one-screen strategy game where you can see everything that's going on. Each side has five army guys. And you might have one guy with a machine gun, one guy that throws grenades, one guy with a flamethrower, and I don't know, you know, a couple other things. Mm-hmm. And you basically just just position them around the map in real time. So there's, there's may, there may be, you know, a river going across the middle of the map and then, and then, and like sandbags here and there, maybe some barbed wire and stuff and some, maybe like a hill and you're and the whole game is just you and it's really good for multiplayer, but it, you know, of course this has single player mode as well. It's just you moving your guys. So you like would pick one sure. and tell him to, it's almost like it would, it it's, it's like as if you were using a mouse, but it's just with the controllers. Like you pick a guy, tell him, all right, you, you go here. And uh, that's the whole game. It's just you positioning your units. Wow. Uh, like I said, you each have five army guys, and it's just you, you positioning them around this relatively small map, uh, fighting each other until until one person wins. And it's it's really fun. And there there is a way you can do um a ver- uh, so you have the option to do a typical squad of army guys with five guys, or you can pick <laughs> only two. But as you switch back and forth between them, you c- you can directly control them. So that was kind of weird. It's like, do I want to have uh, only 40% of the number of guys, but be able to directly yeah. control them or have all five and, and and have to, you know, essentially point and click them around the map? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, point directly control them didn't really work because that's just, the game. You know, the maps were designed to basically have a guy sit in one spot and then move him if mm. if it was a good idea. So that was that's that's basically how you always want to do it is with five guys. Gotcha but it was really fun and I haven't played it in a long time and I would uh I would like to <laughs> <laughs> all right good uh games as always good lists as always I should say for our next um do what do you call it top five for our next top five we are gonna do... Top five uh, games that had the most unrealized potential. In other words, games that have a lot of stuff. I'm sure we've done something similar to this, but I don't think we've done this exact thing. Games that have really cool elements that just were not, I guess, put together very well or not utilized very well. And that could have been really awesome if they had been done right. So send us yours. Mail at ClassicGamingPodcast.com.
1: Yes, please.
0: And, uh, with that, we'll jump into emails. Jay, the first one comes from, uh... I believe a gentleman who didn't uh, include his name, so we'll just say this is from. Who dare uh, he or she anon? Did you say anon? Anon.
1: I've never heard somebody say it that way before. Because I know it's anonymous. So I always, I, just I
0: always see it. Uh, uh, whenever you see it written, like if somebody's posting a like pasting yeah. something from uh, like 4chan or something, and it's just a n o n. How do you pronounce that in your head? Anon. Anon.
1: Yeah. Even though it's wrong, I mean, but. Just the way I do it.
0: I don't know how I say it in my head. I was just trying to think, because I don't know if it's if I say Anon or I might say Anon too. I think I, I say th- Anon. I think I say Anon in my head also. So this is from Anon. Wait, do you read 4chan? No, 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 no. But oh, sometimes okay. I'll see somebody copy and pasted something from 4chan. Gotcha. No, no, no. No, let's stay away from there.
1: Alright.
0: Is this it? Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, this is coming in from Anon. <laughs> hey guys. I was inspired to email you after listening to episode 19 in which you got your first iTunes review, being an on, being an unreserved one star. So now I just wanted to let you know I'm loving this podcast. Listening to a bunch of nerds talking about games they love and ta- taking shots at each other the whole time is so enjoyable. Just wanted to say love you guys and thank uh, – and I'm trying to give you a five-star review. This fucking app won't oh, nice. let me. But I plan, to, uh, plan on catching up eventually. Hope to hear your recent voices soon. Thank you very much. All Really appreciate it.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Anon. I'm gonna check our uh
1: You said like a white dad. Thanks, Anon. <laughs> you are a white well, dad. Well
0: I am I was about to say I am a white dad, so um let's see, hold on. I'm checking out uh most recent. Ah he re- nope, never mind, he didn't he didn't leave this one. At least not on iTunes. How dare they? The 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 um... The, the the most recent review is uh from August and it is a five-star review but it start the very first sentence of the re- review is not terrible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Perfect. That's what we're going for.
0: Yeah, we're, that's exactly. Not terrible is good enough for me. Okay, this next one um is from Sven. Sven I'll says you Oh, you huh? got it? okay. Uh yeah, I'll take it. I'll give you the next one. Sven says hi. Okay. Three steps to one's most enjoyable classic gaming experience. Number one, stumble upon ClassicGamingPodcast.com. Hell yeah, I We're like where this is going. Start. We are, yeah. Number two, oh, it's getting even better. Download every single episode of the podcast. Still going pretty ah. well? Okay. Number three, start listening to every single episode chronologically.
1: Ooh, I don't know about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I did or are still going, or are still doing in terms of wow. step three at the moment I'm at episode 10. Oh, wow. We've got a long ways to go.
1: And you're going through the, the toughest parts. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> no, I think he's gotten past the, the worst parts at this point. It's just amazing that there's actually a podcast dealing with what I enjoy the most about computer gaming, which is going back in time and playing games that I once played as a child and enjoying every single bit of nostalgia, or sometimes even a bit of melancholy that comes with it. Let me tell you that I absolutely enjoy the way you do your podcast. Thank you very much, man. Hold on. I'm taking a Yeah, Thank you very much. It's very enjoyable in the way you describe your own very personal experience with, with, with the respective games. And don't hesitate to judge games based on that. We definitely don't need another diplomatic washy review site. Always trying to find something good in crappy games. (laughs) So that's why I think it's perfect the way you do it. Thank you. You come across as very honest and direct, and I like how your friendship and personalities shine through when one is listening to your show. That's awesome to hear. So now that the obligatory admiration is out of the way, let me tell you about two issues I have with what you said on the podcast. Uh Uh-oh. As I I haven't gotten any further than episode 10 so far, I naturally Uh don't know if any of that has already been addressed by another (laughs) listener or by one of you. So if that's the case, just ignore my then-unnecessary comment. Here goes. First issue, Deus Ex is not, by any means, a first-person shooter, as you called it. I know it's a game played in the first-person perspective, and I know you have a range of weapons, some of them very powerful, at your disposal. Still, in my mind, the term shooter evokes images of the player moving, da- m- uh, mowing down throngs of enemies, like, for example, in Doom or similar games which are in general significantly weaker than the player and most of the time serve as pure cannon fodder. Another characteristic of a shooter is, again, in my opinion, the fact that you absolutely have to shoot if you want to progress in the game. You have to kill, kill, kill. There's no other way of playing the game and progressing in it. Both of these aspects are not true for Deus Ex. The way this game is meant to be played, and that is absolutely obvious by the way it is designed and the way other characters react to the way you play, it's to be stealthy, look for subtle ways to solve problems, and in general, do as little damage as possible. Uh, we'll pause there for a second. Jay, thoughts? Well, I it's mean, interesting. I, uh, have you played... I, mean, I don't know if you've played Deus yeah,
1: I played Deus Ex, the one that came out in like mid to late 2000s, I want to say. That's interesting. I mean, you and I have kind of gone back and forth on on uh, categorizing certain game types, and I can understand the, the criticism. I mean, by no means do I think that every sort of brand we put on something is, is necessarily accurate or, or truly depicts what the game entails I can understand I mean it's you know
0: I think I do too uh, I think he's a good point where uh, a te- and I wouldn't say 100 I probably wouldn't lean as far into it as Sven is but I think yeah, he makes a good point that. where he says typically uh, for a first-person shooter you have to kill everything Uh, I think that's a good point. I've never thought of that before. Not 100% true because I'm thinking of Goldeneye where it is absolutely a first person shooter but there are some parts where you can be a little stealthy where you don't have to shoot every single person in the game. Um, However, I think he's more right uh, than I was. I I I think yeah. I uh, probably first person shooter is not the best way to describe Deus Ex because, as he says, shooting is an option in Deus Ex, but it's not the, it's not the end game. Basically, yeah. Um. I. I. I, Again, I'm not going to lean as hard into it as he said, but but I but I think yes, he is. He's. I'm leaning farther in his direction than than what I said originally. So yeah, I I I give. I I think you're right, Sven. Thank you. uh, Thank you for your thoughts on that. And yeah, I think that's a good way of, I think that's a generally a good way of delineating first person shooters from, uh, I guess from, from non first person shooters. Um, okay. Second issue. I took a bit of exception to the way you assessed streets of rage. Actually, that is not really true. I suppose if someone is bored when playing it, that's their own opinion and experience, so it cannot be wrong. But you also said that Turtles in Time was the best beat-em-up of all time. And that's where I'd like to enlighten you. I don't know whether you are aware of it, but there is a remake done by some amateur people calling themselves Bomberlink Games of the entire Streets of Rage series, which includes all the content of the three original games... And added loads of new stuff, including, among other things, new playable characters, a whole bunch of new stages, new graphics, new music, new moves, etc., etc., etc. So, even though I agree that Turtles in Time is definitely awesome, objectively, there's simply no argument that Streets of Rage Remake is far superior to it, and without a doubt, the absolute best beat-em-up ever. Wow. Check it out if you don't believe me. Actually I just realized the site where you could download it for free is down at the moment. Don't know what that's all about. So at least watch a video of it on YouTube. There's a whole bunch of them. Hope no one is taking any offense with what I wrote. Keep up the good work Sven. Um yeah, I, okay, so I can't speak to this. It sounds this sounds like a uh like a uh, like a what do you call it? Like a fan project, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, that's what I think so. As far a as like, I, I don't know if it is, but the way he described it, it sounds like this is like a, like a fan project or like a community mm-hmm. project or something. Um, so I don't know. I can't speak to the Streets of Rage remake um, because I haven't seen it or played it. But I, what I will say is, yes, um, Streets of Rage and Turtles in Time are both beat 'em ups and... I basically said, and I, I said Streets of Rage is boring, but I don't think I said it that early, so I'm not sure if he's talking about me or you or Blake, or maybe maybe he listened to a recent one and it was me, but regardless, I have said both of those things. That Streets of Rage is boring, essentially because it's a beat-em-up, and, but that but that uh, Turtles in Time is awesome. I think Turtles in Time is awesome despite it being a beat-em-up. I think like the fact that it's a beat-em-up kind of weighs it down, but everything else about the game is so amazing aside from it just being Ninja Turtles, which counts honestly for quite a lot on its own. The graphics are awesome. The music are all, aw- the music is awesome. The, uh, the, the stage design is, uh, I mean, even though like technically they're all basically the same, like all like the, the background stuff going on, all that is really cool. The, the bosses are really, are really neat. Uh, the, the colors are, I really love the colors. Whereas streets of rage, Um, The real Streets of Rage, everything is just, it's like, oh, you're in a back alley somewhere. or It's like you're on the streets in in New York or Detroit or something like that. And everything just kind of doesn't look all that interesting, doesn't look all that cool. You're not, you're not, you're not turtles flying around. You're just people. And uh, so it doesn't have anything to elevate it above just being a beat-em-up. Whereas Ninja Turtles has a lot of things helping it out despite it being a beat-em-up. I think that's, that's. Why I still think Turtles sure. in Time was so awesome. Also, has the best cover art ever.
1: Yeah, it does, especially for that time. Holy shit!
0: Uh, any, any, anything else, Jay?
1: No, I think you covered it pretty, pretty well. To be honest with you.
0: All right, Sven. Thank you very, very much for writing it. Yeah, in.
1: thanks right. for the in-depth, in-depth response. And hopefully, as you progress through it, you'll see a an
0: improvement of our in quality. Yeah,
1: that's the best way to put it. Yeah.
0: Oh, look here. You like this one, Jay? We have a uh, another one from uh, from Sven. Oh, cool! The, uh, the subject line here. You ready for this? Yep. FF tactics. Ooh, hoo,
1: buddy! You know the, that's that's the thing that gets me going the most. All right, Sven number two says original schedule.
0: Uh, uh, hold oh. on. some of the formatting. Oops, got messed up. So Let me add some things. Oh, no the noise! All right, you can go ahead and start. All right, Sven says original schedule.
1: Number one, finish Dishonored two. Number two, finish War Groove. Number three, begin playing Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice, huh. which is that new. I, I know what the game that is. That's that new. Uh, what do you call it? Oh no, actually, I don't know what this is. I'm sorry.
0: It's supposed to be every every single. Per- well, I haven't heard a bunch of people talk about it, but every person I have heard about have heard talk about it says it's like Dark Souls. Yeah, yeah, but okay, it's really just, not just fair. But it's not fair that everybody's comparing it to Dark Souls. Is what they say.
1: Anyways, put uh, number three, begin playing Sakura Shadows Die Twice and listen to the classic gaming podcast one through twelve. New schedule: number one, play Final Fantasy
0: Tactics. <laughs>
1: number two,
0: go to number one. All right, so you must think, that must have been on episode twelve.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your insight and enlightening wisdom. Never played this game before. Started playing because of you. Cough, cough. Ran, ROM downloaded for emulator cough. And love everything about it. One question for you guys. If you had to decide, really have to. No wussy in between answer, please. Okay. Would you, A, play all the games that have been released up to now, 2019, and never play any newer game? Or B, play, the old, play all the games that will be released, excluding re-releases and remastered versions from now on, and never any old ones? Um, that's honestly, question. I'd pro- I'd probably go with
0: A. Probably, honestly, Everything I can't imagine not up.
1: being able to play certain games.
0: Uh, you know no. what? I would. I think so. I think I would do the same thing. And it's not just ah, that I'm a a hardcore. Oh, Classic. Only play yeah. the classics, yeah, like right? Snob or something, no. right? Because I, you and I both play do play plenty of new stuff. Yeah, but seventy percent of what I play is old. Yeah, if I say I'm never gonna play any game that's been 2019 is a good
1: amount of time too. think how many games are in between the original
0: yes there's that there's plenty of stuff but also if i say i'm never going to play any game that's come out yet then i'm placing a bet that the top like my top 20 favorite games of all time that there's going to be better stuff than that coming out and there may well be stuff better than some of them but yeah. I highly doubt there's going to be something that I'm going to end up liking. I, I'm betting that there's going to be something better than FTL, <laughs> than Europa Universalis, than Crusader oh. Kings, than Dwarf Fortress, than Bo- then Monkey Island 1 and 2, than then, then TIE Fighter, than X-Wing, oh. than Loom, Dear there. All these games that I absolutely love, I'm saying, you know what? Five or ten years from now, there's going to be stuff that eclipses all of that. And I really don't think that's the case.
1: But I will say technology getting better as we talked about, excuse me, as we talked about earlier, especially regarding VR. Ooh, buddy. The first time an MMO comes out that is a VR, I'm gone. <laughs> You're dead. I'm gone forever. So uh, anyways, so I don't know. I, I'm with you, but at the same time, also like B seems like the more practical answer. But knowing me, I'd probably go with A. So,
0: it seems like a, a really tough bet. To say that all this, that there's going to be tons of better stuff and I'm not even going to care about the stuff that came out beforehand. It's true. Uh,
1: Sven goes on to say, I have an inkling. I already know your answer, but it'd be nice to hear it from you guys. Keep up amazing work. So glad to have stumbled upon your podcast. Perfect entertainment. Thank you,
0: Sven. Yeah, thanks again. All right, next one. Ah, Snestrunk wrote us an email. Oh, buddy. He says, yo. The main no. game, okay, uh, his subject line was top five Genesis minigames. He says, the main game I'm hoping makes the cut is Alien Soldier, a game that was only available on the Sega Channel in the US and it was only released in cartridge form overseas. It's made by the same team who made Gunstar he- Heroes and just take one glance at the footage and you can see how batshit insane the game is. It's got some of the weirdest enemy de- uh, enemy design you could ever gawk at. That's the main one I'm hoping for. Uh, I will, he goes on with his rest, but I will say real quick, I have actually played a little tiny bit of alien soldier. I play the first one or maybe two levels cause it's in the, uh, the Sega Genesis classics pack thing on steam, you know, mega Sack Pack? Sega mega <laughs> sack pack. Yeah. Uh, and, um, so I have played it on there and it was for me, it was very tough to get used to the controls because it has this thing. One, one kind of big part about the game is you have three different weapons, three or four different weapons that you can switch to and from at, uh, at any time, but doing so, uh, is a little bit tedious and there's too much going on. There's, there's a lot of stuff going on and it makes it very hard to switch web, uh, switch weapons. So like anytime you try to switch weapons, I would end up like getting hit by something. So I got a little bit frustrated and I just didn't get very far. But everything he says, so, so I, I can't really speak to how good the game is. But everything he said uh, is true, and that it's the the, the uh, enemy design is crazy. There's a, everything the, the the your character looks cool. All the graphics are really cool, and everything. So I think that's a solid one. He says the other four, in some order: Thunder Force Four. I haven't played that one. Uh, Fantasy Star Four, Streets of Rage Two, and Mutant League Hockey. But I'd imagine those are no-brainers for most people. <laughs> you, yeah. you and I didn't have any of these on our list. <laughs> <was gonna> <laughs> Keep up the great work, guys. Alex. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Alex. Sir. Always good to hear from you. All right, Jay. Oh, and by the way, um, I'm seeing this because I just, as I was copying this to paste it, I saw something in his um, top five list that reminded me of this. As I said last episode, we uh, I, I'm going to be be playing NBA Live '96 for the podcast, and I was asking if anybody wants to be on my uh, on my basketball team because you can create characters. Oh and, yeah, that's like, right. Draft them into your, into whatever team you want on this game, and so it's going to be you and me. I nice. think I think you said you were going to be uh, you wanted to be point guard. I think that sounds right. And I think I said I was going to tentatively take shooting guard, maybe. Uh, But I'm up for small forward also. And uh, uh, Jeff, a friend Jeff, who writes in a lot, he sent us a tweet. He says, I know I'm too late to email, although I'm not sure why he said that, because he definitely sent that like more than 24 hours before we (laughs) recorded this. But regardless, he said, excuse me, I know I'm too late to email, but please put me on your team. I'm 5'8", 155 pounds. Definitely too small, but maybe you could fudge the numbers and make me an undersized center. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know about... I don't know. Maybe, that, maybe that'll be awesome, Jeff. Maybe I'll make you a short-ass center. Um, an underside center like Draymond Green. Great passing and defense. Poor shooting. <laughs> so he basically... J- Jeffrey, you want to be John Stockton is what you want to be. Small, small white guy with great passing. Uh... Jay, should I should we have the shortest um center ever in the history of basketball? You're actually the wrong person, my friend. Sh- I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm not it. a
1: basketball person.
0: Jeff, you get to play center. We're gonna have a there five foot go. eight center. Uh and, sorry. When I said a short ass basketball player, I wasn't making fun of your hat. I was making fun of the fact of thinking of a yeah, whatever. five Can foot eight message person? Me's I was thinking about me. I was thinking that would be funny for a center. Uh but you you got it, you got it. So we got uh we got Jay at point guard. I haven't decided yet if I'm gonna be shooting guard or small forward, and Jeff is I'm gonna write this down five foot eight center <laughs> uh bad shooting, great passing, and defense. I think we got a winning lineup so far. No comment? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I
1: appreciate you, but this is like, I could give two shits.
0: Okay, so Jay, this is your uh, your email. This is from Jonathan. This is my what's there? Email. Oh, who's it from? Jonathan. Jonathan. Jonathan says,
1: Hello, fellow classic gaming enthusiasts. If you are still taking applicants for your ragtag band of ball handlers. Oh, he does want to be it." Like, okay. I think to qualify to be a new team, as I actually did play for League in my younger days. Should I make the cut? My specs are somewhat amusing. I'm a large man who can't jump, but no no one dares make fun of me because I would crush them. Make me 6'8", 380 pounds. My shooting percentage would be in the mid-90s. I'm a power power forward who fouls out often but acts like he did nothing wrong. I sit in the corner and drain threes all day, at least when you wait for me to catch up to get there. Think of me like fat Kevin Durant. I'm
0: excited to ball with. Okay, you. all right, all right. So hold on, hold on. <laughs> I love how you role played it. <laughs> he sits on the bench and fouls out, and acts like nothing. Okay, Jonathan, you are a big fellow. Um, let me write this down. Uh, so, power forward. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's a uh, solid position for a six foot eight, three hundred fifty pound guy. Uh, Jonathan, six eight. Three oh three eighty. uh shooting percentage should be in the mid 90s okay so six shooter um power forward i actually wrote eight foot eight power forward um bad stamina because he says at least when you wait when you when you wait for me to catch him and get there um, any fouls of light. I don't think there's any step for that, but I'll just, uh, I'll just make i I'll just make a note here and then pretends nothing happened. All right. Um, here oh, 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 and, and, uh, all right. Okay. I already wrote a six shooter. Yeah. Cause he wrote, he drains three. <laughs> He's a six foot eight, 380 pound power forward. Who drains threes all day. This is going to complement our five foot eight center extremely well. I'm very excited about, uh, we got a full lineup now. One, two, three. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. We only have four. Uh, anyway, that's close enough for a full line for me. I'm excited about the team we have going. All right, Jane, please please go on.
1: All right, Jonathan says, top fives. There's a, bit, uh, there's a bit of a caveat here. Nintendo Switch released a Sega Genesis Classics game a few months ago with 50 Genesis title, titles on it. So for $30, you can relive most of your childhood. However, they left, left some of the most classic Genesis titles like Mortal Kombat, which is strange because they aren't including MK, uh, MK11 on the Switch. So it's not like MK2 was too brutal, but I don't know. I also feel like they're a few years late, uh, late to the party. They should have done this before the SNES Mini was released. I mean, I've seen Sega Classic rip-offs on store-shelf clearance racks and rolled my eyes way before I heard Sega's actually doing this. So I feel like in order to make this thing attractive, they need to lean in hard on games that Nintendo would not allow in their systems. The games that made the Genesis the more mature system. Number five. Barkley. Shut up and jam. Number four. Castlevania Bloodlines, number three, Clay Fighter, number two, Dinosaurs for Hire, and number one, Mortal Kombat Two.
0: Dinosaurs for Hire. Was Dinosaurs for Hire? Interesting. What the hell? <laughs> this is this is a comic book. Okay, so apparently this is a game based okay. on the Wow. I gotta check out this comic book. This is awesome. You're like a raptor with a leather jacket and a big-ass gun. (laughs) That shoots huge-ass bullets just going around doing your thing. He's fighting a robot triceratops on this one level. (laughs) Hell yeah. I'm writing this down. Dinosaurs for hire. Okay. All right. Thank you, Jonathan, as always. Last one. You know, you know what it's time for. It's time for Chase the Night Cleaner. <laughs> In fact, his subject line says it is that time again. He's Chase says, hello, gentlemen, Chase the Night Cleaner with a real quick email for you all. I'll leave this here. Okay. It's a link to a uh, Kotaku article. The title is Capcom is releasing a plug and play arcade stick that contains 16 classic games.
1: Whoa. How did I miss this?
0: Where is this from? Okay, this is just from this morning, so. The hell? Um, He says, that's a Capcom plug-and-play joystick combo. Excuse me. With games on it. Is this the actual? Yeah, hold on. If this is actually what the thing looks like. It is. <laughs> Dude, you gotta see this. The joystick is a giant joystick. It's just the Capcom logo made into what? a joystick. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's, wow! It's literally they cut out the Capcom logo and put buttons on it and and joysticks. It's I believe it's got two. Um, I think like so like two people can be on it at once. Uh, yeah, that's what it looks
1: like. Yeah, hold on. that's what it looks yeah.
0: like. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, okay. Uh, I'll check out the list of games in just a second. He says there's a Capcom plug and play. Blah blah blah. Looks like mini slash classics aren't just for first party anymore. I am going to buy this thing. Uh, All right. So before I get onto the rest of Chase's email, I'll read the list of games that are on this. It says. um, So apparently this is just a joystick that it has everything loaded and then you just plug it into the TV. He says the full list of games. 1944. Or as he says, this article from Kotaku has a full list of games. Uh, 1944, the loop master. Oh, I'm sorry. When I said it has USB, I meant HDMI, but it does have USB for power. All right. The list, 1944, the loop master. I'm not familiar with that. Alien versus predator. Which one is this? Hold on. There are so many, uh, different alien and slash predator games that I forget what's what. It looks like this is the one maybe from 2010. Okay. Anyway. 1944 The Loom Master, Alien vs. Predator, Armored Warriors, Capcom Sports Club, Captain Commando, Cyberbots Full Metal Madness, Darkstalkers, The Night Warriors, Eco Fighters, Final Fight, Ghouls and Ghosts, Giga Wing, Mega Man The Power Battle, Pro Gear, Street Fighter 2 Hyper Fighting, Strider, and Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo. What do you uh, think? Gotta be honest, I'm only familiar with like four of these games. (laughs) Yeah. I believe a lot of the ones, I believe uh, Armored Warriors, Captain Commando, Darkstalkers, and Eco Fighters. I think those are all like just classic uh, arcade beat-em-ups. So, um, looks like Eco Fighters may be a shmup actually. Yeah, it is. So, I don't know. I don't have much of an opinion on this right now. It's got Street Fighter. That's good. It's got Strider. I know Strider. Right? Strider's good. Street Fighter's good. That's about all I can say. This is very interesting and a, kind of a random set of games. But anyway, there it is. This article says it's going on sale October twenty fifth. Thank you, Chase, for sending that in because I totally missed yeah, that. We would otherwise. Yeah. Anyway, Chase goes on to say, "So I guess my question of the day is, what mini slash classic console would you like to see if it already hasn't been made?" Should we do this for our top five? Um yeah, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Do you think there's enough to where we're not just gonna have like the same five things in a different That's order?
1: That's true. That's true.
0: What do you think? Answer it now or do a top five? I'm leaning maybe actually toward answering just answering it now. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fine. Okay, so uh never mind on the top five ideas. So, what would what many classic consoles would we like to see that hasn't been done yet? Um Oof. I think Sega CD would be hilarious. I'm trying to think For some reason, be... that's the first one. Even out of all the semi-obscure consoles, that's the one that stands out to me the most as being the most entertaining because it had all those those super lame FMV games. Um.
1: N sixty four is not in the works, right? Correct. Yeah, that would probably be the one for me. But that'd be a solid. Even, most of the ones that I want are already already done or in progress. Mm-hmm. So, but I think N sixty four is probably the last one for me. At yeah, least for now.
0: N sixty four would definitely be good. GameCube would be super cool.
1: I'd be down on GameCube as well. Yeah, I am
0: okay with that. That would probably be if I could pick one like to be the best. I probably say let's get a GameCube one. <clears throat> um, then funniest, I think, would be Sega CD. He says, "I feel like I have all my bases co- all my bases covered now. Sorry again for the short email, and thank you so much for everything that you do. Cheers, Likewise. and write in again soon." Chase the Night Cleaner.
1: Thank you, Chase, as always.
0: Yeah, thank you, Chase. And that is it for emails, Jay. Do we uh, are we gonna do? We got we got a current game. We got anything for current gaming subcast in the world?
1: Sure, works? I could. I could. Continue my one of the two things that I always talk about every time is Classic Wow and Gloomhaven. Okay, Gloomhaven nonstop. Um, we just spent a bunch of money on an organizer for it to make it a little bit easier to play. Still, really enjoying the game. I've unlocked some new characters, it's crazy, like it's like a ceremony now. when We unlock new content, very fun game, Still <laughs> really enjoying it. We're pretty far into it, but I just got a new character. I'm not gonna, I don't know for anybody who's gonna play it, I'm just gonna say I'm playing a um paladin light class. I won't say any specific details, but I'm okay. very much enjoying it. It's one of the... No spoilers. I'm trying not to spoil anything, but it's a paladin light class. I'm very much enjoying it. Great game. Anybody who's into tabletops, definitely take a look into it. Gloomhaven, Amazon. Just super fun.
0: Nice. Yep. I haven't played anything new recently, but I will say just one um, which I played a, uh, a few months ago and i don't think i ever talked about it which was uh horizon zero dawn i finally played for ps4 because i had heard nothing but amazing things about it best game ever made one of the best game one of my favorite games of all time everybody said basically had some version of that and i didn't really like it well oh, okay i didn't dislike it i didn't think it was nearly as good as uh everybody else seems to and i got i got bored of it about 4 or 5 hours in I kind of kept, I was like, alright, this is alright. This is pretty neat. I like I like this concept. It's you fighting, it's like you in the future in the forest fighting uh, robot dinosaurs with a bow and arrow, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh robot dinosaurs were awesome. The stealth components were, were, were alright. The combat was okay. And then I was like, okay, let's see what this does. And then after four or five hours, it didn't really go anywhere. It just kind of kept doing the same thing and I didn't. Hmm. It just didn't do anything mind blowing to me. I didn't. I kind of. I was like. I mean, the game uh, visually, the game looks beautiful, uh, and again, robot dinosaurs—they're super cool. But gameplay-wise, I just wasn't really getting much out of it. So I don't know what I'm missing that everybody else likes so much. But I just didn't completely fall for it, like everybody else. That's did. unfortunate. yeah. But anyway, there's the <laughs> that's what I guess I'll have for current gaming subcast this time. Um, as a reminder to everyone our game of the quarter is Diablo we will be discussing that sometime in June grab it from GOG this is Diablo 1 Um, it is available on GOG get it download it play it we're not going to do any community thing like we had hoped to be able to do because uh, we couldn't get their multiplayer working right so just play it on your own if you want to send in your thoughts do so by whatever date we say we're going to talk about it in June. And we'll all have a nice little cute discussion.
1: I like it. Is that it? I think that's it. We're dead on two hours. That's like
0: exactly right. All right. So uh, leave us amazing reviews on iTunes, please. Tell all your friends to listen to us. Send us email. Mail at ClassicGamingPodcast.com. You can email us about... Uh, your top five, if you want, games that had the most uh, unrealized or unutilized potential. Oh, sorry, <laughs> that's cool. And uh, dog's here. <laughs> aside from that, I think that pretty much does it. Or you can just email us about whatever you want to. Follow us at Class Games Cast. You can follow me at King Octavius. Jay, you have anything else left to uh, to, to to yell at our listeners?
1: I'll let uh, Jack finish the thought here. Hey, Jack. I was too distracted. Never mind.
0: Okay, too bad. I, w- I really wanted to hear what Jack had to say. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We will be back in two weeks.